0: Hi, this is Connor Brantley, host of Hello, the Future is Calling, and this is Our Future is Missing Voice America kid. Please be on the lookout for Philip Pinnock, African American, and is now 22 years old. He went missing from the Dallas-Fort Worth area on August 17, 2005, at 5 o'clock. Philip is 5'6, 130 pounds, brown eyes, and brown hair. He may still be in the Dallas area. Philip has a pierced ear and a gap between his top front teeth. If you know of Philip's whereabouts, please contact the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children's Hotline at 1-800-The-Lost. That's one 800 5678 To see a picture of Philip, please click on the link on the Voice America homepage. Ourfutureismissing.com. Thank you. Real Talk Radio.
2: Welcome to Alive and Green with your host, Mario Jr. Want to help save the planet and have fun while you do? Eco Mario will give you the green scoop and maybe even tell a joke or two. Now, here's your host, Mario Jr.,
0: Welcome to the Mario Jr. Alive and Green Show on Voice America Kids. I'm Mario Jr. and our topic today is Saving Our Oceans with Dr. Rob Moyer. And how are you doing today?
3: Hi, Mario. Thank you for having me on your program. I'm doing just fine. I'm up here in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And it's a beautiful, actually warm day, like 56 degrees.
0: Wow, okay, that's awesome. Well, you know, I love to have fun, so on each broadcast, I'll have a joke of the day, and I'll give you a great green tip to help you on your road to going green. So here's the riddle to the joke, and you know at the end of the show, I'll give you the answer. I hope you guys like it. Why is Christmas like a day at work (laughs) at the office?
4: Why is Christmas like a day at the
0: office? Yes.
4: Oh, that's a good one. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Rob, do you have any guesses?
3: Not a clue. Let's see. Um, I am present in the office, and I want presents for Christmas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a good yes, one. Yes, that, that is a good one. Yes, yes. Is that, is that the answer?
4: Uh uh-uh, no. no. Oh no. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, not this time. But uh, you, you guys will probably get better at it. Like once we get into the uh, deeper into the segment. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> and today's show is going to be really fantastic and great. I have Dr. Rob Moyer of Moyer's Environmental Dialogues from our very own Voice America Green Living Channel. Welcome to the show.
3: Thank you, Mario. It's great to be here. I have a joke for you. You ready for it?
0: Yes, yes, definitely. I'm ready, really, for
3: it. What lies at the bottom of the ocean and shakes?
0: What flies at the bottom of the ocean and shakes? Um, Those <laughs> sand fishes?
3: It's a, <laughs>
0: it's a joke. It's a joke? It's a joke. Okay, so that wouldn't be it. I don't know. That's a good one.
3: It's a nervous wreck. <laughs>
0: We should have did that one. That was a really good one.
4: That is a good one. A nervous wreck. (laughs) That is awesome. We're going to have to call Dr. Rob and get some jokes from (laughs) him for future segments.
0: (laughs) That is funny.
4: That's a good one.
0: Hmm. Well, before we uh, get right into the main talk of the day, let's uh, talk about your wonderful career. Um, Please introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about yourself. For example... Um,
3: are you married, and do you have children? Yes. Yeah, so I'm Rob Moyer, and I got excited about saving the environment because I was in high school when Earth Day came around the first time, and the school was organized enough to have a teacher teaching us about ecology. So right at the right wow. at the beginning, I got really interested in how can we save the world because there are so many problems happening. And then um, I went to grad I went to college and graduate school. And was um, running a summer day camp, okay. environmental education, uh, where I met my wife. Okay. And <laughs> I subsequently gone to grad school, I mean, to get a, a Ph.D. in environmental studies. And my wife and I have three sons who are all in their twenties, so they're really men now. <laughs> okay.
0: Well that's awesome. And um that was a really neat uh fact, you were the you were actually there when they the first Earth Day was um around?
3: Yes. One that is of the cool. episodes on Moyer's environmental dialogues is I get to talk to Olivia Newton John and okay. I ask her, remember that first year at Earth Day she <laughs> laughed and said yeah that's why I did Greece, you know and and uh, and she's gone on to save the Amazon. She's working with her husband uh, Amazon wow. John Easting to save the uh, Amazon jungle. So uh, lots of people were influenced by that first Earth day back in nineteen seventy
0: I wish I was there. that is so cool. I would a that's a uh, that's a really um big thing to be in the first day of Earth day that was that's a really amazing. Um, day.
4: That's true. That is. I would have liked to be there myself, Mario Jr. <laughs> I think you're touching on something there with being the first, so the pioneers. Yes. We're, exactly. we're uh, talking with a pioneer today. I love that.
0: Exactly, yes. And Dr. Rob, um, you are an educator and scientist, a leader of the citizen science and efforts to clean up Salem Sound and Boston Harbor, also the founder of Salem Sound Harbor Monitors. And Salem Sound 2000. What are these organizations about?
3: Well, it started as um, I was a school teacher, and I needed—I wanted to bring the students down to the ocean. Okay. And um, the, um, it's difficult to get a whole class of kids down to the ocean. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, I said, well, I'll get the parents to help. And they said, "Oh no, parents are too busy to help and stuff." So, <laughs> I had a workshop before the end of, right at the end of school, the school day, when the parents were coming to get their students. I had a workshop and taught them. I showed them pictures of the intertidal animals, and I, I showed them how to map out the tide pools. Wow! So, lots of parents. When you empower parents, as a dad, I'm also looking at ways to look good. You see, so. Right. <laughs> you want ways to- you know, to sound smart and stuff, mm-hmm. and, and engage with our kids in the natural environment, just like Rachel Carson did. So um, and in that process, I've been very big about in And then the kids would go down and map out the tide pools and count all the different critters, and we'd come back, and we'd set up, you know a, – a, we do analysis of, you know, how many of this, of periwinkles and how many of the carnivorous dog whelks were there. And so we kind of learn the ecology and to watch it every year, you know, different classes go down and study it. And this is called citizen monitoring or citizen science, you know, okay. where the citizens are watching their environment. And I went on to be the curator of natural history at the Peabody Essex Museum. And there um, I engaged the citizens in Figuring out what was happening to the body of water around us, uh, and in fact, we didn't know what to call it. It was called uh, the north side of Massachusetts Bay, <laughs> which sounds and, and you know amorphous. Well, that and, is uh, very
0: cool. And I you're listening an old- um, to the Voice of America Kids. I'm Mario Jr. And our topic today is saving our oceans with Dr. Rob Moyer. And you were saying with the. Um, Ocean and the um, the uh, dogs or what? uh, What uh, what were you saying again?
3: Oh, I was just talking about how I got more and more people engaged in monitoring the conditions of the ocean. So Uh they were citizens were watching the heartbeat. They'd go down to the water's edge and they'd measure salinity and oxygen and look how clear the water was. And by doing this, we learn about our environment and what. And then if things go wrong, we can call scientists in and say, hello, something's going wrong. What do we do about this? But uh, the scientists don't have the time to be watching their environment the way we are.
0: Wow. That is really cool. So, Mom, do you have... um I saw you uh, shaking, your, um, shaking your head saying, that's awesome, and, um, so you have something to say about
4: that? I really do, and as Dr. Rob stated, when you empower parents, it does make a difference, so we really take our hats off to you for involving not only the students or the kids, but also the parents, because that's how you change things, when you have a full circle, the full component working together, so that's wonderful.
3: Yes. Actually, you can skip the kids
4: and just work on the parents. That's true. We need the most help. These kids are so smart. They are just wonderful. So the parents need the most help. You're right.
0: Well, I mean, I always say that it's a team effort, and um, um, we we wouldn't be here without you guys. I mean, we would probably be playing games and, you know, on TV, but you guys help us get out there and learn how our environment is a fun place, and you can save it by doing easy and simple things.
4: That's right. true. <laughs> mm-hmm. that, is, uh, that is wonderful. You're right, Mario Jr., and I love the way you uh, put the kids in that. You definitely always reinstate with the children to listen to your parents and, you know, follow their directions because they know a little bit about what they're talking about. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, well, yes. Adults ask me what, you know, they don't understand what to do to save the environment. I tell them, ask the kid. He's closer to the ground, and is more (laughs) observant of what's going on.
0: That is a funny one. That that is good. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) And as a president of Harbor Save the Bay, doors were open for you to become a curator of the natural history at the Peabody Essex uh, Museum, and the curator of the education in New New England, which was awesome, in the aquarium. Also executive director of the Discovery Museums, what were those experiences like? I mean, those were some great things. I mean, just a couple of things <laughs> that, that you have
3: done. There was always more to do, you know, with more people. And I've now ended up um, establishing and running the Ocean River Institute. <laughs> and it, I took the name of it from Rachel Carson, who wrote about, in the end, it's the ocean river flowing on forever. And I think she was influenced by Homer, uh, who writes the Iliad, you know, the stories of Achilles and his shield had the ocean river wrapped around it. So ocean river to the ancient Greeks meant dividing the known world from the unknown world. And and for me, ocean river means systems thinking, that we don't have to worry Mm -hmm. about which boundary is which or or which area is which, but instead just, you know, accept the world of the salmon or the world of the otter.
0: Wow, definitely. Um, And that was some great information. (laughs) And if you would like to have a guest spot on this show, email me by clicking the Contact Host button under com. Mom? Do you have, do you have
4: uh, um, something to say? Wow. I am just in awe with this full detailed conversation. I can't wait to hear more. So, that's, I'm, I'm in the right place at the right time to learn how to save our oceans. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> Thank you. And also, keep up with what's happening in Eco Junior's world. Log on to theiradioblog.com or to Facebook Mario Richie Jr. or to me at Eco Junior 98. Let's take a break guys. I'm Mario Jr. Keep it right here. You're listening to the Voice of America Kids.
2: Keep thinking green. You're tuned in to Alive and Green with Mario Jr. on Voice America Kids. Saving the planet one hour a week at a time. Now, back to the show.
0: Welcome back to the program on Voice America Kids. I'm Mario Jr. And you are listening to the Mario Jr. Alive and Green Show. And our topic today is Saving Our Oceans with Dr. Rob Moyer.
3: All right.
0: How, How are you doing today?
3: Well, I'm doing fine. All excited to talk about how to save the ocean and what people can do.
0: Thank you. Well, that's going to be awesome. We're definitely going to get into that right now. (laughs) But before we get back into the green, let me give you the riddle to the joke of the day. And, you know, I will give you the answer at the end of the show.
4: Cool beans.
0: Here it is. (laughs) Why is Christmas like a day at the office?
4: (laughs) Why is Christmas like a day at the office? Because you exchange gifts. I I was thinking about that one.
0: Mm, That's a good one. That's a good one. That's close? That is definitely close, yes.
4: No cigar?
0: No cigar. (laughs) Aw.
4: Okay, I'll have to try again.
0: Mr. Rob? I pass. (laughs) Okay, you pass. Okay. (laughs) Well, that's awesome. Well, we'll definitely get into the oceans right now. I I can't wait to hear your answers and your uh, story. That's right. (laughs) But before, uh, Dr. uh, Rob Moore, um, you are the director and founder of the Ocean River Institute in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Please tell me your mission.
3: Yes, our mission is to educate people about what's going wrong, what's happening to our ecosystems, be they ocean, river, watershed, and we also provide support. So we listen locally to what local groups are doing, and if they have a special issue, we take that issue to a broader audience, and we engage people across the land who subscribe to our uh, e-alerts to find out how they can make a difference, whether it be to sign a letter to a decision maker to help save a water area or to help save dolphins, Um, and we gather these comments and bind them together into a paper document that I can present to the decision-maker. So at least he's got this big, binded thing sitting on his desk that his assistants and aides can look at if he doesn't read it himself. Uh, But people, uh, decision-makers love to hear from the Mm constituents. So it's a very exciting uh, and honorable thing to be able to do.
0: Well, that's definitely interesting because um, their mission is to save the ocean, period. And um, with that, that um, Mom was saying um, in a few, a, a, a few uh, past um, days ago, with the oceans and how they they do need to have a protection program going on.
4: That's right, that's right. That's why we were so excited to have Dr. Moyer uh, here on the Mario Jr. Alive in Green show because that was a, a topic that really, it concerns us. And we wanted to find out just exactly what we can do or what's happening or what's going on now that's in place and how we can make it a little better.
0: Mm-hmm, definitely. And with the um, Less Saving the Ocean, mm-hmm. in the past episodes, we were talking about, um, with my mom and dad, um, about the oil spill in New Orleans and how it changed the marine life. Now, BP oil has done a lot to get the Gulf back to its natural state, but do you think it has a effect on the
3: Atlantic Ocean? The effect on the Atlantic Ocean is pretty minimal. Okay. Um, is you know, stuff coming up through the Straits of Florida there, it, it, everything is so dispersed that, um, you know, this was, this was the largest oil spill in, in the Gulf, but there's a tradition of some oils and there's natural seeps. So it's difficult mm-hmm. when you find oil in the Gulf Stream to tell what spill it came from. Okay. Stuff like so it's a big ocean, so it, <laughs> it, it, the problems are local to the Gulf.
0: Right, yes, definitely. And with that, um, do you think that BP has done enough or all that they can do?
3: Uh, I don't know. Um, okay. There's a lot of cleanup to do, and I don't know if it's all done or not.
0: Well, I know definitely that it will take a, a a little while to get everything back to its natural, natural state, where it's like pristine, clean, every fish is healthy, everything is back to normal, and, you're getting that great seafood from New Orleans back again. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're definitely getting all that stuff up, and we're going to definitely have it back to its nom- a normal state definitely soon.
3: <laughs> yeah, Mario, it's really there. It is. You can eat the seafood uh, with impunity. It's good seafood coming out of the Gulf. <laughs> yes. Good reg- see, they regulate it so they won't let the restaurants sell bad seafood. And okay. the fishermen don't want to be known for catching bad seafood. So
0: <laughs> Exactly. You know,
3: I don't think, I wouldn't recommend just walking into a marsh and pulling an oyster out of the marsh and eating it because that might not be ready for you. But if you buy it from a restaurant um, or a store, uh, it's totally safe. Right. And uh, the, the environment will never be completely clean. And whether, you know, BP could do more, I don't know. But, um, but by all means, go and recreate and enjoy the Gulf.
0: Definitely. And you're listening to the West America Kids. I'm Mario Jr. And our topic today is... <laughs> Saving our oceans with Dr. Rob Moyer, and with that, um, we are going to be talking about more ocean life and marine life. And Mom was uh, loving, loves the marine life and oh, ocean. Oh yeah. And with the clouds and the sand, because she loves going to the beach.
4: Mm-hmm. I really do. That's one of my favorite places uh, to go and relax and just kind of connect with nature. Um, a lot of people like to go into the woods and connect with nature. My place or our place is generally the the beach. We like to go to the ocean, the ends of the earth there, and and kind of connect with the with the environment. That's true. You you know me well, Mario Junior. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, Doctor. Uh, Rob, uh, you stated that the oceans are being assaulted by five types of actions attacked from five directions. Let's talk about the nutrients overloading and how we saved the Indian River Lagoon.
3: Yeah, nutrient overloading is one of the assaults. of there. I say there are five different assaults. And so let's talk about nutrient loading. And that's the perfect one because, you know, when we go to the beach, we want to have a good experience. And to, and to find green slime on the beach or to feel the water slimy. It's a real downer, and it's really upsetting. You know, when you when one has grown up on the beach and they bring their children there, they expect to find clean beaches. Right. And the reason that it's getting all algae is that um, the algae is finding nutrients to grow on and bloom. Hmm. Okay. And so uh, in Indian River Lagoon, which is the most Ecologically diverse estuary in North America. It's got more different types of animals living in it than anywhere else uh, that's on the coast of in North America. And it, um, unfortunately, it's very shallow. And being in Florida it heats up so you've got this mm-hmm. right. shallow lagoon and plants like to grow in shout and warm water and of course they're all up there by the light and stuff And you have got plenty of sunlight in florida <laughs> so <laughs> the problem is that these plants and dinoflagellates and other critters get carried away and growing and some some of them release toxins that's like red tide is when the algae or dinoflagellates uh bloom but they also release a poisonous toxin okay. so this is not good stuff to happen. And in Indian River Lagoon, I was shocked to find that every September, about uh, four, more than 40 dolphins were dying. Wow. Uh, but they live. the population is restricted to living in the lagoon. And they were showing um, skin-eating fungal infections over their body. It's like athlete's foot. Hmm. No, yeah. And the wow. population of dolphins offshore, they weren't showing this. So something was happening in those polluted waters of Indian River Lagoon. And I think that something easy to be done was to look at what's washing off our shores, off the land, and how can we change our land practices to better help and support the the marine life of the New River Lagoon. And agriculture was putting, you know, puts a little extra fertilizer on all their agriculture fields. Right, Mm -hmm. right. But private lawn, lawn owners, those of us who have lawns, because we didn't know better, we're putting five times as much fertilizer as was needed to, on the lawn. And if you do that during, and in Florida, you got these summer rains that are wicked heavy, you know? And, and so if, if you fertilize during the rainy summer months, it don't help your lawn. It all washes into the waterways and it's going in to feed these algae when they're hungriest, when they want to bloom, when the water is hot. Right. And when they bloom they eat up the oxygen as well and so that becomes what we call an ocean dead zone if there's no oxygen in it so <laughs> the, the, the problem was is that unknowingly lawn owners were putting too much fertilizer on their lawns so i interviewed and talked with scientists and you can hear those programs on Moyers environmental dialogues uh and it turned out and so then we met with uh, the local county commissioner and said look we'd like to put a ban on when people can put the fertilizer down don't do it during the rainy summer months and he said well that's that's interesting um mrs um mrs johnson in jupiter point is complaining about how slimy the beach is will that help and i said right. yes it'll help you know <laughs> and so uh he got he said well we'll do this by um by Earth Day, I met with him in January, and he's with some colleagues, uh, including Nancy Beaver, who runs the uh, Sunshine Wildlife Tour out onto the water to take people out into out of Stewart. And if you want to know more about that or more about this story, you know OceanRiver.org is our website. Uh, so, Doctor Nancy or Captain Nancy and I uh, talked to the commissioner, and he said about trying to make it work. And then the state got worried that we were the counties were regulating uh, fertilizer application okay so they tried to pass a law prohibiting counties from regulating fertilizers so then the ocean river institute wrote to our 21,000 members or eco stewards around the world around the country and said if you know anybody in florida have them talk to their state legislator about <laughs> this lawn fertilizer exactly they're putting through and we had a I had two college interns from wealthy college working here at the Ocean River Institute, and one was from Sarasota, Florida. So she went home on spring break break and met her legislator, and they're all going, "Why does so many people care about a lawn ordinance? You know, what, what is this?" <laughs> and so they we amended it. Uh, you know, the bill was amended so that the. Counties could regulate the use of fertilizers, you know, the spreading of fertilizers, but you, counties could not regulate the sale of fertilizers, okay. which was never our intent to regulate the sale. We just wanted to educate people how best to do it, and then the bill could go forward. And the, the bill succeeded on three fronts. It said you can't fertilize the lawns from June first to September thirtieth.
4: Mm-hmm, that's true. <laughs>
3: if you do fertilize them. You have to use at least 50% slow-release nitrogen. This is uh, That means that it, it slowly goes into your soil, and that's better than no slow-release. And if you want to pay more, you can get 100% slow-release. Okay. Uh, and third, it said you had to respect the setbacks. You know, don't fertilize too close to the ocean or the waterways. Preferably don't have your lawn too close, but if your lawn's there, don't let the fertilizer get too close. And it's a big success because it's not a regulatory act or uh, ordinance, There's no, like, you know, big penalty. It's simply education that when people know how to do it right, then it's like, yippee, I don't have to go out (laughs) and buy fertilizer. The fertilizer bag said, you know, spread it on the 4th of July and do it on Memorial Day weekend and all this stuff. Exactly. And for them to know that I don't have to do it during the summertime, it's a waste of my time, it's a waste of my money. I'd rather do something else on a Saturday morning. Uh, The fertilizer companies liked it because um, they know when to sell, what to sell, they can offer selection. So it's a big success. And so now I have to go back and talk to the five other, other counties that embrace Indian River Lagoon to see if they will do similar things because, of course, we all have to get our act together to help take better care of the ocean.
0: Definitely. And when uh, we're going to go to break, and you know you want to be here, so stay tuned in the next segment where we dive deeper into our oceans. And if you would like to share your Great Green uh, Quest, uh, email me by clicking the contact host button on VoiceAmericaKids.com. Also, keep up with what's happening in um, what's happening in my world. Log on to iRadioBlog.com or Facebook me Mario Ritchie Jr. or tweet me at ecojr 98 Let's take a break. I'm Mario Jr. Keep it right here. You're listening to the Voice of America Kids. See you guys.
2: keep thinking green you're tuned in to alive and green with mario jr on voice america kids saving the planet one hour a week at a time now back to the show
0: Welcome back to the program on Voice America Kids I'm Mario Jr. and you are listening to the Mario Jr. Alive and Green Show And our topic today is Saving Our Oceans with Dr. Rob Moyer
4: Great program, great episode
0: Well before we jump back into the green Let me give you the riddle to the joke of the day And you know I will give you the answer at the end of the show Okay, I'm ready (laughs) Well here it is Why is Christmas like a day at the office?
3: (laughs) No clue
0: (laughs) Um, Rob, do you do you have any um, guesses?
3: No, I'm clueless in Cambridge.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
4: Well, we'll have to wait until the end.
0: Well, definitely. And in the last segment, we were yeah. talking about how Dr. Rob Moyer um, saved the Indian River Lagoon.
3: Oh, yes.
0: So do you want to get a little bit more into that?
3: Yes. Um, of course, we haven't saved it yet. We only got the most progressive lawn fertilizer ordinance in the state of, uh, state of Florida put through. Okay. It's just for one county, and there are still five other counties that um, their lands drain into Indian River Lagoon. Okay. So I'll be back in January. Okay. Uh, we're going to have a big event on January 24th in Stewart to honor uh, the heroes on the commission, and they all were for it um, in Martin County. Uh, but also where the Ocean River Institute is gathering letters from individuals. So if you would like to say a few words about why you care about Indian River Lagoon, please come to our website, oceanriver.org, and follow the steps in to sign the letter. And you can sign up for our e-alerts to learn about opportunities to take action for other items.
0: Definitely. And give us that website one more time, Dr. Rob Moore? Yes,
3: oceanriver.org. Okay. So it's oceanriver, one word, and then O-R-G. That sounds
0: awesome.
4: That is wonderful. And I know we're going to have our listeners are going to be logging on right away, uh, sending in the letters there on how to save or what they feel can um, make it helpful. And we're definitely going to be there. Um, Dr. Morrow, we would love to um, accompany you if you would like us to in January. Please let us know. We'll drive down and uh, be a part of the uh, festivities there on changing, changing and saving
0: definitely
3: yes so January 24th and uh, you know maybe we can record some of Mario speaking with people at the event or something Sounds <laughs> great.
0: <laughs> well why why is there a 10% drop in fish it is is it because it's a major staple in people's diet or is it something else also is it a late is it too late to restore the population of fish
3: good questions why a drop in fish is, is a very complicated question, and people are quick to, to, you know, blame the fishermen for taking too many fish. Right. Uh, certainly it doesn't help if the waters are too slimy, or if um, the uh, Casco Bay in Maine, there's a bay watcher up there, and he told me about seeing striped bass chasing bait fish into an area of the bay where there was no oxygen in the water, and the fish all rolled up dead. Uh, because they couldn't breathe, it was a little ocean dead zone, hypoxia in the middle there. Wow. So the oceans are suffering, and we must do more than just blame the fishermen to make them better. Mm-hmm. However, and the fishermen have been working very hard in fisher. They have we have set up fisheries councils that where the fishermen work with government and work with scientists, and it's an adaptive process of every year trying to figure out how many fish there are, how many can we take, and it's really an area where they. There have been severe sacrifices made by the fishermen. Mm-hmm. And just this spring, the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration, we call them NOAA, but they don't come with an okay. NOAA has determined <laughs> that we have actually turned the corner on overfishing, that if the if the efforts continue the way they're going now, we shall always have fish in the sea and be able to eat fish from the sea. So that that's the big picture. The little picture is that some fish are still being overfished, and um, the Ocean River Institute is actually suing NOAA and the Fisheries Management Council here in the Northeast for not properly managing the uh, herring populations. And by that we mean they haven't done enough to cut down the bycatch. Bycatch means that when they catch the herring, they catch all kinds of other stuff and it all dies. Oh, so they've okay. got to get better at that. and. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we win the case, which were, includes us and a fisherman and a commercial uh, boat operator, uh, if we win the case, the judge will say back to the Fisheries Council and NOAA and National Marine Fisheries, which is part of NOAA, you guys figure it out right. So we're not taking the authority away. We're just saying you didn't decide right this year. you got to do it right. right. And the problem is, is that there are these big midwater trawling vessels that have these huge nets that are 300 feet long or more, and the two boats uh, work either end of the net, and they bring it together, and it's such a big, massive fish that they can't hoist it into the boat. Instead, hmm. they have this big pipe that they put over the side okay. and, and suck it into the boat that way. And they, they have a, a seal excluder on the pipes, so it shouldn't take in the big animals. But wow. fortunately, it's been towed through the water so long that everything dies when it's brought together and um, sometimes the fishermen feel that there's not enough herring in the catch, so they just drop the whole thing. And so it's, it's the bycatch that's really upsetting to us. We have a different letter on the herring efforts and, and went at OceanRiver.org, and when you participate in this, in letter writing, what happens is that the, your comments come back to me, and okay. I make sure you sound good, before sending them on to the decision maker. And so if you have second thoughts about what you wrote, you can write back to me as well, too. So it isn't like you're going to be published right <laughs> away. It, there's a chance there to just get it right.
0: Exactly. Well, that sounds awesome, and uh, we'll definitely try to get that case one um, yeah. but that is definitely a problem.
4: Yeah, truly, with the um, the buy. The bycatch. I had no idea. I'm learning so much. It's going through my mind, and I'm saying to myself, uh, if you were there on the ships, you know, finding and seeing this, the devastation must be tremendous just with, you know, the loss of our fisheries and um, marine life. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, and have um, you are listening to the Voice America Kids? I'm Mario Junior, and our topic today is saving our oceans with Dr. Rob Moyer. All right. And Dr. Rob, um, have you ever seen that happen like firsthand?
3: No, but what's what's the tragedy is that these herring, there's a, there are Atlantic herrings that that are born in estuaries and spend their life in the ocean, mm-hmm. and then there are river herring, the okay. alewives, the silverbacks. The, um, are, are two of the predominant herring around here that migrate up the rivers. And so watershed groups that people have assembled around different watersheds around their rivers and worked so hard to, to make the dams so that the uh, fish can climb over the dam or remove the dam and make, clean up the river so that fish can come back to it, and then to see more fish being scooped up and killed by bycatch, more herring are lost than is in a river is very upsetting to the different watershed groups that work so hard to save the migratory fish
4: well that that is um just I don't want to say crazy, but it's just crazy, uh, like you're <laughs> saying after you've done so much to make sure that the waterways are open and just right, and then before you know it it's you're back at- st- stage one right uh, wow we have I'm so glad this program will be aired, and uh, we'll be able to get our listeners to just learn and find out what's going on and how we can make a difference so hey, thank you, Mario jr. and also dr rob moyer
0: yes definitely and i mean this is definitely a new thing that i've heard mm-hmm. i did not know this was happening i didn't even know this was going a- a- around mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so this is really um, a tragedy and we're gonna have to definitely fix it that's right mm-hmm. we
4: are we are doing something right now to fix it <laughs> we're talking about it and getting the word out
0: yes definitely and there is an extreme problem in our United States oceans, and its pollution, like plastics, oil, and trash, can be easy. Can there be an easy solution to this major problem?
3: Well, it all comes down to practicing good stewardship, of okay. being thoughtful and taking care not to damage the environment. Mm-hmm. And so, I, um, our mission is for people to first learn about the problems in your own community. Don't worry about what's the biggest problem in the world, mm-hmm. but what, <laughs> what's happening right in your community? Right. And and what's the evidence of those problems happening? You know, so the, the people at the Mystic River here are seeing less fish coming up, and so they're wondering, why is that? And then um, you look for evidence of the problems, and then act locally to address the problem. So mm-hmm. usually the fish, you know, they, they built the fish ladder but they didn't get it finished and the fish are all lying there at the bottom are all wiggling at the base of the dam. So the town people, including the state senator, went out with buckets and hoisted the fish over the, the bucket kind of thing. So that's acting locally and by by becoming a savvy eco steward, someone who cares about the ocean, you know, notice when things are happening. And the plastic pollution is, is a classic example. This is that plastic just does not break down and it floats. So it's out there, um, and it gathers in the middle of oceans because they have currents around the outsides, and so everything kind of gathers in toward the middle. Right. And it's difficult to assess how much there is, but the, the moral of the story is is a lot of this plastic is coming from the land or it's coming from operations along the shores. Okay. So if you see plastic on the beach, pick it up and okay. get it into a recycling bin. Uh, and so they've been putting out recycling bins for, like, lobstermen who are changing their lines from a plastic line to a sinking line. Um, they, they are, you know, marketing uh, at some recycled plastic from these fishing lines and stuff. But what you can do is, you know, please, when you see something that doesn't belong there, get it out of there.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. Well, um, it's, uh, we're almost time to go, so Stay tuned. We're going to break, but when we come back, we're going to ask Dr. Moyer more about our oceans. And I have an awesome um, tip that you can do to help your oceans. So also keep up with what's happening in Eco Jr.'s world. Log on to iRadioBlog.com or Facebook, Junior Or tweet me at Junior 98 Let's take a break, guys. I'm Mario Jr. Keep it right here. You are listening to The Voice America Kids.
5: Uh, try again, Chris. Take two. We'll take you back to the favorite TV shows of our generation, past and present, and apply them to what's going on in our own lives. Trust us, it'll be a blast. Tune in to Take Two every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids channel. There is so much going on in the tech field. The Technology Show is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to The Technology Show. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America
2: thinking green you're tuned in to alive and green with mario jr on voice america kids saving the planet one hour a week at a time now back to the show
0: welcome back to the program on voice america kids i'm mario jr and you're listening to the mario jr alive and green show and our topic today is saving our oceans with dr rob moyer
4: all right
0: how are you doing today (laughs) <laughs> Excellent. awesome and mom how are you doing you know
4: i am doing so well i'm having a blast and learning a lot and i i tell you i can't say it enough i just thank you gentlemen for you know just your studies just learning about what to do to make our oceans a better place for us all
0: definitely and who's ready for that joke of the day i am <laughs> <laughs> and you, I, I guess you can't forget about that great green tip. In this segment, I'll give you—I'll give it to him. Okay. And um, here's the riddle to the joke. So here it is: Why is Christmas like a day at the office?
4: <laughs> why is Christmas like a day at the office? <laughs> one more guess. Uh, one more guess. Okay, let me try. Uh, why is Christmas like a day at the office? Uh, you have a lot of l- cheer, a lot of laughter. Cheer.
0: Okay, that's a really good one. That's okay. Close. close. Very close. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, you're like in that ballpark. I'm close. I'm there. Right. Okay. I like that.
3: Doctor? <laughs> uh, pass.
0: <laughs> well, that's okay. Uh, you're going to hear it at the end of the show, and that's very soon. Aw. <laughs> Good and bad. <laughs> and we were talking... <laughs> When we were talking um, in the third segment, how yeah. we could change our beaches and mm-hmm. how we can implement the community—that's right—and with a lot of kids asked me with the um, the the beaches, mm-hmm. how there is a lot of trash and you know cans, you know all those bottle cans and things like that. Those you know that 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 you see mm-hmm. on on the beach—that's true—and they always I always tell them. How can we fix that? Okay, okay. So we always sit down, or we sometimes sit down and we think about it. And um, one of my friends, Josh, uh, was a great idea. He said, "Why don't we have like a beach cleanup team that's there all the time? Not just like kids from you know, you know. Sometimes kids go out there just to clean up for a, a second and then go home, and that that's like the, that's like their last time going there. But we can have like a beach cleanup that stays there every day, picks up." About maybe 50 people, because I mean, you know, a beach is really long, it so is. you would have to clean. Have at least 50 people, maybe maybe, maybe even 70. You never okay. know. Um, and we can have that that cleans the beach and saves it, and that can at least help the just the beach. That
4: would definitely. And I think help. that
0: would. that thought that was a great idea that he <laughs> thought of. I was like, we could definitely do that.
4: That's true. That's true. <laughs> and
0: I mean, that would be just a simple way to clean up a major problem. Stop. That's true.
3: This is an excellent idea. It is truly great because um, mm-hmm. you're like talking about a, a beach patrol. You know, right. people out and, and pick up stuff, and it doesn't matter how many people do it. If one person does it, it makes a difference. Exactly. The more people do it, you get more stuff. So don't have to wait until you get X number of people engaged. You just make it sound like fun, and um, you know, it gives you a purpose for walking the beach. And it, you know, if you carry a, a, a a backpack or something with you to put it into, then you're limited by the size of that container and yet that's a really important difference you're doing.
0: Right, exactly. And then afterwards you can go to the beach and have fun.
4: <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's always the best part about it. You don't have to worry about stepping on broken glass or seeing right. bottles and uh, trash, you know, plastics floating up around you while you're enjoying. So after the cleanup, it's a deal. Let's get into the water. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Yep. Have fun. Have
3: fun. (laughs) I also like it because it gives you an excuse to go to the beach.
0: (laughs) Exactly.
3: That's right.
0: Yes, and I mean, us Florida people, we love our beaches. We do. We do. I mean, we are over there all the time. I mean, we have. I mean. We're right next to the beach pretty much. So, I mean, we'll we'll step outside and we'll smell the ocean water.
4: That's true. I love (laughs) it. I love it. The seawater is Mm -hmm. so cleansing. It it just makes you feel better. So with what you're doing to pick up the plastics, pick up the trash, send in the letters um, on (laughs) your comments or what do you feel that can make a difference, that's definitely going to help our beaches stay healthier. Exactly because mm-hmm. your idea might change the world. It 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 does. It makes it it definitely can change it. One idea can change the world. You know, inventors take it from inventors 101. Don't never think an idea is a silly one because that may be the one idea that we're looking for.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, this is this really concerns me. Um there are toxins going into the ocean that add up in the fat cells of animals. And then passed up to the eater, which is us, the
3: Yay. humans. Mm-hmm.
0: What are these toxins?
3: They could be heavy metals like mercury mm. and lead. Okay. And they're also chemicals that act like um, endocrine disruptors, so they can cause people, uh, they cause animals and people to become infertile or mm. less fertile. Wow. So um, again, you know, if there's less fish in the sea, we don't know if it's because. They're they've gotten slimier, or if they're getting they're not reproducing as well as they used to. Um, so we've seen that with people that um, that people are having are, are less fertile, and I think it's because of environmental mm-hmm. pollutants that are uh, have accumulated. So if you have a, a pound of swordfish, a swordfish eats a b- pretty big fish who, a fish, who eats a fish, who eats a fish, who eats a fish, who eats zooplankton, little critters in the ocean, and then they eat the plants. So it's like seven steps up to a swordfish. And a pound of swordfish, to get a pound of swordfish steak, uh, that swordfish has to eat 10 pounds of the next fish. And so it's a little bit, and so it's, you know, seven levels up means 10 to the seventh power. (laughs) So it's essentially for a pound of swordfish, you need four dump trucks of diatoms to be eaten up the food chain. So, if there's a little bit of mercury or uh, lead in uh, the, the the plant life at the bottom, it is magnified up up the food chain. So, right. uh, this is a real tragedy. The mm. irony is that the more expensive the fish is, the likely the more the, the worse it is for you. So, you know, the tuna right. fish and the bluefin tuna and the swordfish are tigers of the sea. They're at the top of the food chain. And so they are most sought after that there are fewer of them. So the price is very high. Right. Exactly. uh, Not as good for you. But (laughs) as I in grad school, I I love um, tuna melts. And tuna melts are better than sushi tuna because tuna melts are made from yellowfin tuna, which are Hmm. a quarter of the size. And so just because they don't live as long, that's the other thing. If the animal lives longer, it's going to consume more as well. Right. Tuna melts is much more healthy than uh, a tuna steak from a bluefin tuna. And, but in grad school, I was having a hard time making ends meet. So I found that canned mackerel was a third the price or half the price of canned tuna fish. And mackerel are eaten by tuna. So mackerel oh. are a thousand <laughs> times more healthy than tuna. In terms of those toxins.
0: <laughs> wow, and uh, with the mackerel. So, does that does that where people get the get the uh, holy mackerel from? <laughs>
3: <laughs> holy mackerel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was funny. I was like, wait, did he just say holy mack- um, uh, mackerel? I was like, wait, what is that? <laughs> and uh, awesome. you are listening to the Voice of America Kids. I'm Mario Junior, and you are. And our topic today is saving our oceans with Dr. Rob Moyer. And mom, oh, you were laughing
4: over there. Oh, my goodness. And the
0: macro. (laughs) You know, and I tell
4: you, just thinking with uh, the heelies, I'm I'm sorry, the, uh, what was it, the Achilles heel? Exactly. And now with the macro, different terms that we use, you you find where they come from and how it's uh, really, you know, detrimental or how it, goes along with things that you're learning on a daily basis. And when you find out where it comes from, not only does it make you laugh, but it <laughs> makes you think. You're right. Right,
0: exactly, <laughs> yep. And <laughs> and uh, Dr. Moore, you had stated nutrients um, going into the ocean making it slimy and green, algae blooms, and too much carbon from the air is going into the, our seawater, our sea causing the seawater to become more acidic. Is this the reason why our fish are dying, the ocean isn't clear,
3: and that our fish prices are are going up? Uh, Yes. And uh, (laughs) that's a a new problem is that scientists have not looked at the ocean for how acid or basic the ocean is. Okay. We assumed it's so big that we wouldn't have to test for acidity. Right. And Mm -hmm. when they did, this expedition came back and they found 30% increase in the acidness of the ocean. And so they didn't re- release it yet. They sent out ships all from different nations all over the oceans of the world. And they all came back saying 30% more acid waters than, say, 50 or 100 years ago. Right. And uh, so then they're saying, what, how did this happen? And the way it happened was that when there's carbon in the atmosphere, and we have about 386 parts per million of carbon in the atmosphere, um a quarter of that or every fourth molecule of carbon will get shoved into the ocean. And okay. so the carbon, as it goes up in the atmosphere, is going up also in the ocean. But in the ocean, it interacts with things and turns the water, makes the water more acid-y. And this is dissolving calcium. You know, calcium will go fizzle when you put vinegar on it and stuff. And recently, oyster farmers in Oregon found that they little, the young, that the young, you know, tender age, were dying because their shells and their calcium parts were dissolving mm. so we now have acidity of the ocean killing oysters in uh, Oregon and um, and it, you know it, it foretells about if we continue you know on this course other animals and we don't know which ones are most susceptible because it's when they're at their smallest you know, when they're in the plankton floating around as tiny little bitty critters. Um, so I'm worried about, I like to eat fried clams, and so I went to the state house here in Boston and, and testified about global warming and saying, I'm only worried about the ocean becoming more acidic, and that's because I like eating fried clams, and I don't want to lose my fried clams. And they almost had to close the meeting down after that because everyone was so hungry for fried clams.
0: Wow. Well, we are learning so much, but we're going to have to go back We're going to have to, uh, you going back on the show. So uh, we're going to be, it's almost time to go, and today we've been talking about our awesome oceans um with dr rob moore
4: oh yeah this has been really a great program we've learned so much and you know just in, a, in an hour it, you want more information so we're gonna have to definitely have dr moore back on the mario jr live and green show because we we need to get this information out so what what's coming next mario jr
0: well, um, it's almost time to go, but since we are so awesome, we have a joke of the day before we go. Cool. So here it is. Okay. Why? Oh, well, here's, here's the riddle first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why is Christmas like a day at the office? I give up. <laughs> <laughs> One more chance, uh, Doctor? Not a clue. Not a clue. Okay. Well, you do all the work, and the guy in a suit gets all the credit. <laughs> that's
4: a good one i never would have thought of that the guy in the suit gets all the credit Yep. so we're the elves at the office okay yep. basically yeah that's what it is oh my goodness i love it oh wow well how about that great green tip
0: yes let's go to the great green tip of the day all right Please support organizations to protect the ocean. Many institutes and organizations are fighting to protect the ocean habitats and marine wildlife. So find a natural, uh, national organization and consider giving financial support or volunteering for hands-on work or um, for fun.
4: <laughs> oh, wow. That is wonderful. And, and let's see, Dr. Moria, do you have a green tip that you would like to share with the listeners?
3: Yeah. I, I invite people to uh, come to our website and learn what we're doing and find opportunities to make a difference. Also, um, we have a new program called Blue Green Heroes, okay. where in the epic drama of local governments, there are ordinary people who accomplish extraordinary acts of environmental justice that move us incrementally to nothing less than saving the world, a bluer and greener planet Earth. And here we're looking for people who are elected to government that are, you know, the person in government who initiates the beach patrol that Mario was talking about, you know, should get get recognized for that. And so we're trying, if you know of somebody elected in government, we're often hearing about citizen heroes, but Mm -hmm. um, too Mm -hmm. often the people doing things in government aren't remembered for their green work instead they get voted on other issues and it's really important that we recognize good deeds and the more we do that, the more I think uh, decision-makers will make good deeds.
0: Definitely. And we've learned so much today, so thank you, Mr. Uh, Dr. Rob Moore. I have a blast, and Mom, I'm uh, sure you had a blast, too.
4: I really did have a blast. But, you know, I wanted to find out, Dr. Moyer, where can we get in touch with you? Where can our listeners tune in or, or find out how to keep up with what's going on in your green world?
3: OceanRiver.org www.oceanriver.org. And we're also on Facebook, the Ocean River Institute. Okay. And my Twitter is Ocean River Rob. <laughs> Just Ocean River Rob. And, but I urge you to come mm-hmm. to our website, sign up for our free e-alerts, which we send out uh, a couple times a month, maybe as much as once a week. And whenever there's something happening where you can make a difference, we send out an e-alert. Or if we have news to report on it, but we try to keep it down to four a month, okay. and uh, it's just, yeah, so get involved, please come, and you can also just email me at roboceanriver.org, and at the website, the uh, Moyers Environmental Dialogues, Ocean River Shields of Achilles, uh, every single episode is described at the website, so you can go there and pick out uh, one of the ones about saving Indian River Lagoon, or about the herring, or whatever you like, and tune in, and you can listen to those, and get other uh Avenues of information to learn more about what you can do to save the ocean.
0: Awesome. Well, you definitely are the Aquaman. Uh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and you have been listening to the Mario Jr. Alive and Green Show. I'm Mario Richley Jr. You are listening, and um, I'm asking you, what are you doing to go green on VoiceAmericaKids.com? See you guys.
2: Thanks for tuning in to the show. Mario Jr. will be here again next week with another edition of Alive and Green. We hope you'll join us again, too, right here on the Voice America Kids channel.
5: The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today.